Uh, we're going to take a little break from the book of Mark. I've been preaching on the book of Mark the last few weeks, and I'm going to continue to preach in the book of Mark. But we're going to take a break because we're going to be looking at a passage of Scripture next week that deals with John the Baptist. But before we get to John the Baptist, I want to get, I want to, get to his mama, Elizabeth. And so I want to invite you to turn to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, that's where we're going to be in God's Word this morning in worship. This is a beautiful day. Uh, it is a day that we set aside to celebrate our moms. And so I do want to say Happy Mother's Day to all of you out there. Uh, moms, thank you for being who you are. Um, as children, as husbands, as fathers, uh, we love you. We appreciate you. You do so much for not just our families, but our communities. Uh, you do so much for our churches, and uh, we are grateful because of you. Uh, I know that some of you in this room, uh, you have birthed children. You are truly a, a mom by birth. Some of you have not birthed children, but I'm going to tell you something. Uh, you have shown motherly love to people, to people who appreciate you and uh, honor you today too. Uh, I think about my mom. Uh, I'm so thankful for her. I'm so thankful for the godly love that she has shown me and my brothers throughout my life. I thank God for my wife who is the mother uh, of our children and uh, that godly love that is, has flowed through her to us. Uh, I thought about my Aunt Nancy this morning. You know I talk about her a lot. I, I showed Miss Karen Zeker a picture of her this morning. I, I had to put it in my pocket uh, because my Aunt Nancy never birthed children of her own. She, she never did that, but I'm going to tell you something. She had children. She showed love to my daddy and to his sisters, and she showed love to my mama and uh, my Aunt Nancy was a mama to me too. And so uh, I just thank God for the love of moms, the love that He has given them, the love that they have poured out to us as children. And uh, I, I just I want you to know today, uh, if you're here today, moms, God loves you. God loves you, and God has created you with intention. He has created you with great purpose, and I, my prayer is that you are living that purpose um, out today. I know that today, too, can be a struggle because I know that there are some in this room whose, whose mothers have passed on. And uh, I want you to know that you are loved today and you are prayed for today. I know that there are some moms in this room who have lost their children. And it's a difficult day to think about um, those who have gone on. But I, I want you to know that our prayers for you today is that the Comforter, Jesus Christ, will comfort you. And that He will love you like no one else can. And I want to try to honor our moms today, but I believe the best way that we can honor our moms today is glorify God. I believe the best way to honor our moms today is to point to Jesus Christ. And that's why I love looking in the Bible at this woman named Elizabeth. Like I said, I've been in a series on the book of Mark and that series is called The Good News. Uh, Mark was all about preaching the good news, teaching the good news. The good news is that God loves us. Even in our sin, God loves us. He loves us so much that he demonstrated his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ came. Christ lived a perfect life. Christ died for us. Christ rose from the grave to defeat sin and death for us. That's the good news. And what he's done is he's given us the opportunity. He's given us the ability to be vessels of that good news. And so moms today, I want you to see uh, that Elizabeth, she was a part of God's plan from the very beginning. 
before she was ever in the womb of her mother, before she ever took a breath on this planet, God had a purpose for her. And it was, it was a purpose of being a part of the good news that is Jesus Christ. And I believe every one of us in this room today, we have that same purpose, we have that same intent from God to be vessels of His love, His mercy, His grace. You see, Elizabeth... She was a faithful mom. That's what I want you to see today in Scripture. She was God's child with a godly purpose, and she was faithful. As a matter of fact, Elizabeth was faithful, meaning that she was surrendered to God, and she believed God. That's what I mean. When I say Elizabeth was faithful to God, understand this. I'm not saying Elizabeth was perfect. I'm not saying that because the Bible tells us that no one is perfect except Jesus Christ. And so, I'm not saying she was perfect, I'm saying she was faithful. God's Word tells us that Elizabeth was faithful. And what that means is that she was surrendered to God. She knew not just about Him, but she knew Him personally and intimately. She was in relationship with God. She believed God. She believed His plans and purposes for her life, even when she didn't understand. She was surrendered to God. She was a believer of God. And because she was faithful, I believe her faithfulness, it set the foundation for many other characteristics that bring God glory, that bring God honor. And so that's what I want us to look at as we look at Elizabeth. I want you to think about this. She was faithful. What does that mean? She was surrendered to God and she believed in God. And because of that, she was like a sponge, right? She was like a sponge that was dipped into the Spirit of God and then squeezed in this life. And when she was squeezed, it was God who was glorified. It was God who was magnified in her life. And that's what I want you to see when you see Elizabeth today. Because remember what I said, I could honor you moms, but if I honor you by not pointing to Jesus Christ, I really don't honor you at all. The way I want to honor you is to point to Jesus Christ. So let's look at it. Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 5. It says, in the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Look at verse 6. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. Verse 7. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. I want you to see three things from this first passage of Scripture. Number one, Elizabeth was righteous. That's not up to you, and that's not up to me. That's what God says. In the sight of God, both Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous. So Elizabeth was righteous. Again, does that mean Elizabeth was perfect? Absolutely not. What that means is that she was upright in her status with God. She was not righteous in and of herself. This was righteousness that God credited to her, that God gave her. And it was manifested in her life as a wife. To Zechariah. It was manifested to her and through her in, in her role as a priest's wife in her community, in her home, in her community. And so the Bible says she was righteous. That, that's something that comes through faithfulness to God. I'm going to tell you something else. She was obedient. Elizabeth was obedient. 
The Bible says that she observed God's commands, which means not only did she know them, but she walked in them. She lived by them. This was a decision not just made in her mind. This was a decision that was made in her heart. And I say that because the Bible tells us in Proverbs 4.23 that everything we do flows from the heart. And so Elizabeth was in relationship with God. She was a faithful woman. And her faithfulness, right? Her faithfulness to God and her faith in God, surrendering to God, believing in God, God credited righteousness to her. And and her righteousness also led to obedience. I I love this. She was a righteous woman. She was an obedient woman. But I'm going to tell you something else. She was righteous and she was obedient even though she was childless. Because the Bible is very clear right here in verses 6 and 7. Elizabeth was childless. See, up to this point, she had not been able to conceive. And at this point, the Bible tells us very clearly that both she and Zechariah weren't just old. The Bible says very old, right? And so what it looks like from human standpoint, from human eyes, is that it's over, right? It's done. What it looks like from my viewpoint, maybe your viewpoint, is that it's impossible. But nothing is impossible for God. And nothing is impossible for the life of a child of God. And that's who Elizabeth is. Remember, God has purpose for Elizabeth. God has intention for Elizabeth. I love what Dr. Tony Evans tells us. Dr. Tony Evans tells us in his commentary, this detail, her being childless, reminds us we must never assume that trials and difficulties only come our way Because of disobedience. God often brings or allows suffering into the lives of His children for His glorious purposes and for our sanctification. So think about that for a moment. Elizabeth has been living her whole life. She was was married to Zechariah. They're they're growing up together. They're growing in their relationship with God. And and, and like any husband and wife, I'm sure in their minds they had pictures of a family that was going to grow children that would fill the house. And year after year they waited. And year after year, no child. And now they come to this age. But I don't want you to miss this because the Bible says even up to this point, Elizabeth was faithful. She was righteous in the sight of God. She was obedient to God, obeying His commands, walking in His commands. What I think is society looked at her like they did in that culture because if you read the Bible, you'll understand when someone was sick, when someone was lame, when someone was childless, when someone was bearing, guess what their first thought was? You've been disobedient, so God did this to you. I think sometimes, I think sometimes we still think that today. Maybe maybe we don't point our fingers at others that way, but maybe we look in the mirror and we say that, well, since this didn't happen for me, it's because I've done this or this or this. Hey, maybe, maybe, maybe God's got something bigger. Maybe God's got something more important than your agenda. Maybe it's his agenda. And so I love how Dr. Tony Evans explains that. In in his commentary, it's for God's glorious purposes. It's for the sanctification of his child. I want you to look at this. So we know that Zechariah is a priest. 
Uh, we know that they both are, are part of Aaron, Aaron's lineage. And, and so they, they have all of this knowledge. They have all of this understanding. As we see, uh, they have faith. They have, they, they, they've surrendered. They believe in God. And so they're serving. And so Zechariah is, is serving uh, in, in the temple. And he was chosen to be the one to go into the, the, the holiest of holies, the most holy place. And you know the story. Uh, the angel of God tells him that he and his child are, he and his wife are going to have a child. And, and what does Zechariah do? You tell me. What does he do? He doubts it, <laughs> right? He doubts it. He, he's like, are you sure you got the right guy? Because look at, look at me how old I am. And hey, don't tell my wife, but she's old too. Now, now, I'm paraphrasing, if you will. But because he doesn't believe, right, because he doubts, what happens to him? What, 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 what does God do? God takes his voice. He shuts his mouth. Zechariah can't speak. And so we get to verse 23, right? And, and so he comes out of the temple. The people are like, what's wrong? You know, why, why can't you talk? Oh, he's seen something. Something's happened. He can't talk. Well, look at verse 23. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. But look at verse 25. The Lord has done this for me, she said. What a proclamation. This was not an accident. This was not a coincidence. Right? That this was purpose. This was intent of God. She said, the Lord has done this for me. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. I love this because I've told you that Elizabeth was a faithful woman. She loved God. She, she embraced God's love for her, and, and she lived in relationship with God, beautiful relationship with God, and she served God faithfully. God looked at her and saw her as righteous. She, she walked in obedience, but what we see here is that Elizabeth was patient. She was patient. When, when we see, what we see in Elizabeth was that she remained faithful, right? Even when she didn't understand, even when it was hard. Even when it was difficult, she remained faithful. She waited on God. She was patient in his plan and in his time, she became pregnant. I can't imagine what she must have been thinking, right? When she knew she was pregnant. Here's the thing. She knew she was old. But, but does it, in the scripture, do we see her question her age? Do we see her question the age of her, her husband? We don't see that in the Scripture. Could it have happened? I guess it could have, but here's the thing. She praised God. She praised God. Even, even in her pregnancy, she stayed home for five months. You know what she could have done? She could have ran out of that house and said, all of you that thought I was disobedient, ha! That's what she could have done. She could have done that. She could have said, I, see, I told you. But she didn't do that. She stayed in her house for five months, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to get in there. I'm trying to think about like that home and, and her and Zachariah. Here's what I believe. I believe for five months she said, God, thank you. Thank you. I just believe in my heart. She was grateful. Elizabeth was grateful because she knew that this was God's purpose for her. She knew that this was God's plan. She knew that this was God's timing. 
She spent this time in seclusion praising God, being grateful to God, thankful to God. Gratitude poured from her heart, right? And it came out of her lips. I believe that was beautiful worship songs being sung in that house for five months. I, 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 I thought about what if I was passing by that house and I heard the praise coming out of that house. What is that about? What's going on in that house? Because I know Zachariah can't talk. So what, is it, what in the world? Maybe she's praising God because she, you know, Zachariah can't talk back to her. I thought about that. I was like, ooh, my wife would be praising God too. But no, let me tell you what it was. It, it was a faithful woman who was surrendered to God and believed God. That's what it was. It was a woman who was patient. It was a woman who was grateful. God, you did this for me. You did this for me. This is not an accident. This is not a coincidence. This is intention. Look at verse 39. Because something else is going on, right? It's not just about Elizabeth. See, the baby that Elizabeth is carrying is one who will spread the good news about the one who is coming to save us from our sins. And so her cousin Mary is pregnant as well. So look at verse 39. At that time, Mary got ready because something's going on in her life. And it's incredible. But again, the world is looking at it like, what has happened to her? What is going on? This is disobedience. So at that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. Look at this, verse 41. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth, don't miss this, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child that you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? This is so important. Don't miss this. Why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promises to her. What an awesome passage of Scripture. And, and, and what an awesome demonstration, right, of God's purposes and God's intent and God's plans for us as His children through His child Elizabeth. Because the Bible tells us right here that Elizabeth was spirit-filled. Now, now, we already know the Bible tells us that the baby that is in her womb would be spirit-filled from the time... He was in the womb to the time he lived to the time he died. The, the Bible told us that the baby would be filled with the Spirit, but now we find out that, Mary, that, that, that Elizabeth is filled with the Spirit. And this is so important because how would, how would she know, right? How would she know that Mary is carrying Jesus in her womb? Do, do you see this in Scripture? Elizabeth is actually the first one to proclaim the Lord, right? To proclaim the Lord publicly. Elizabeth is. 
Why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord would come to see me? This is so good. I mean, this is so good. Elizabeth was filled with the Spirit. This was the work of God, the gift of God in the life of his child. And because she was filled with the Spirit, moms, I want you to see this. Elizabeth was wise. We've been talking about this on Sunday nights in our study in in 1 Corinthians. Paul tells us that, um, that there's no way, there's no way we can know God apart from the Holy Spirit of God. There's no way we can We can move in this life with wisdom apart from the Holy Spirit of God. Wisdom comes from God and it comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so because she was spirit-filled, she was wise. She could only know the things that she was telling Mary through the power of the Holy Spirit. What an awesome, what an awesome description of a woman, of a mom, of a lady, of anyone that they would be spirit-filled. Because that spirit leads to wisdom. That means the things that that she said were true and the things that she said were encouraging and powerful. That's what I want you to see. Not only was she wise, but she was comforting. Because what was Mary feeling? Think about this for just a moment. What was Mary feeling, right? A young woman who was a virgin, who was engaged, but pregnant. How was Mary feeling? What were people saying about her? Right? What, what could happen? She could have been stoned. Uh, just think about all the things that are going on in her life. What did she need more than anything else? She needed godly love. She needed godly wisdom. She needed godly encouragement. And guess who God equipped, empowered, and enabled to do it? Elizabeth. The Holy Spirit of God filled her, gave her wisdom, and she comforted Mary. She encouraged Mary during this difficult time in her life. She comforted her with the wisdom from God. She shared truth that she had first embraced in her own heart, and then it poured out of her life. So so think about that, moms. This was a woman who was faithful to God, and it was her faithfulness to God that, that set the stage for her to be a vessel of the righteousness of God. To be an example, right, of obedience to God, walking in God's command. A a woman who was spirit-filled, a woman who spoke with wisdom, who spoke with encouragement and comfort. And that's who Elizabeth was. Watch what happens in verse 57 because, you know, it, it does come time to have that baby. And so in verse 57, the Bible says, When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, She gave birth to a son. Well, we know she's given birth to a son. You want to know why? Because the angel of God said she would. And if you'll remember, and I didn't read this passage, but if you'll remember, the angel of God said you are to name him John. That's what what God said. So when it was time for Elizabeth to have her, her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy, and they shared her joy. On the eighth day, because this was custom, on the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child. And when they circumcised the child, the Bible says they were going to name him. They were going to name him after his father, Zechariah, because the firstborn son, by custom, was named after the father. 
But look at verse 60. But his mother spoke up and said, No, he is to be called John. I'm going to tell you, we see something very incredible here in this passage of Scripture too about Elizabeth. This was a courageous woman. Elizabeth was courageous. Everyone came to celebrate the birth of this child. They, they came to celebrate the mercy of God that was shown to Elizabeth and Zechariah. They came to celebrate the joy that this family had from God. And they assumed, right, because that was custom, they assumed that the son that she bore to Zechariah would be named after Zechariah. And with Zechariah not able to speak, well, the neighbors and the relatives said, oh, we'll speak up for him. And they were about to name him after Zechariah. But Elizabeth knew what God had said. She knew what God had said to her. She knew what God had said to her husband. And she was not going to let anything come between what God said to do. And what God said to do was name the child John. I'm going to tell you, not only was she courageous, she was strong. She was strong. She, she made a stand in her house. And I'm going to tell you, she wasn't strong in and of herself. Don't miss this. She was spirit-filled. And because she was spirit-filled, she was filled with the authority and the power of God in her home. And she stood on that power and the authority that the Spirit of God gave her. She was a strong woman. Of course, the neighbors and the relatives didn't understand. However, God took care of this because when the crowd turned around when the neighbors and the relatives turned around to look at Zechariah because they thought, oh, Zechariah will back us up. What did Zechariah do? He got out his tablet and he wrote down, he is to be called John. He is to be called John. His name is John. And when Zechariah made that comment on a tablet, what happened to him? That's right. God gave him his voice back. God freed his tongue to speak. And what we see is that everyone in the room was filled with awe. And they went out and they began to tell the story. Right? They, began, they went out and spread the good news about what was happening to Zechariah and to Elizabeth. I'm going to tell you something. When I read this passage of Scripture and when I thought about this passage of Scripture, I did it, I did it in hindsight. So see, in the book of Mark, when, what we've been studying, we looked at the book of Mark and we learned about this John the Baptist. We didn't learn much about Zechariah or Elizabeth especially, but we learned all about John the Baptist and we learned all about John the Baptist and what he was going to do with his life. He was going to live his life in honor and in glory for God. And he was going to point people to the Messiah who is Jesus Christ. And so we know a lot about John the Baptist. As a matter of fact, you come back next week uh, we're going to find out what happens to John the Baptist. People think all the time, oh, if I'm in God's will, I'm in a safe place. Well, that, that's all about perspective. Because you come next week and we're going to find out that John the Baptist gets his head cut off. Yeah. I'm going to tell you something. He was safe in God's plans and purposes and God's will. But it cost him his life. His earthly life. But I thought about his mama, right? The one who gave birth to him. The one who was faithful. The one who was righteous. 
the, the one who was obedient, the one who struggled for a long time with barrenness, being childless, the one who was patient, waiting on God. And when God's purposes and plans came to light, she continued to be patient. She denied herself and honored God and walked with God. And when the time came and God gave her an avenue, right? God gave her a platform. What did she do? She used it to speak wisdom into the life of someone else who was struggling. She, she, he gave her the avenue, the platform to be a comfort to someone else who needed it. God filled her with His Spirit. And she was courageous and she was strong. But don't miss this. It all goes back to Elizabeth was faithful. She was faithful. I'm going to tell you something. Before she was ever faithful to Zechariah, she was faithful to God. Before she was ever faithful to her son John, she was faithful to God. Let me say it this way. Because she was faithful to God, she could be a vessel of faithfulness to her husband. She could be a a vessel of faithfulness to her son John. She could even be a vessel of faithfulness to her cousin Mary. She could even be a vessel of faithfulness to relatives and neighbors who were there to celebrate the mercy of God and celebrate the joy of God that had been poured out upon the family. I'm going to tell you something, moms. If there's, if there's something you can do today, if there's something you can do today that can make a difference, not just in your life, but in the life of your family, in the life of your church, in the life of your workplace, in the life of your school, in the life of your community, it's this, be faithful. Moms, choose to be faithful. And remember what I said at the beginning. What did it mean that that Elizabeth was faithful? It meant that she was what? Surrendered to God. And she what? Believed God. So moms today, if you really want to make an impact... Not just an earthly impact, but a kingdom impact, uh, an eternal impact. It starts with faithfulness. Be be faithful to God. And that means surrender yourself to Him. Surrender all of who you are to God and see what He'll do. See what He'll do, not just to you, but through you. Right? Right? Believe in God. Believe in His plans, His purposes, and believe in His timing. Be faithful. It'll make a difference. It'll make a difference right here, right now, but it'll make a difference forever. And that's what I see in the life of Elizabeth. Now, you may say, Brother Jeff, that all sounds real good. That all looks real good on these pages, but Brother Jeff, how do you do that? But Brother Joe, how do, you, how do you be faithful? How do you remain faithful? How do you live faithfully to God? Well, I can only tell you, I can only tell you what, what I try to do in my own life, but I can tell you what John says in his letters. I love the letters of John, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. John says, rely on Jesus. That's what he says. For anything and everything in your life, rely on Jesus. So so moms, rely on the love of God for you and through you that is found in Jesus. If you're struggling with your faithfulness to God, if you're struggling to surrender all of who you are, right? All of your heart, all of your mind, all of your strength, 
right? All of yourself. If you're struggling in that, turn to Jesus. I'm going to tell you something. Jesus won't condemn you. That's not my words. Go read John chapter 3. Jesus didn't come into this world to condemn the world, right? He came to save us. I'm going to tell you something. If you're struggling with surrender, if you're struggling to believe God, if you're struggling to believe His plans and purposes for your life, if you're struggling to understand what's going on in your home or in your workplace or or in this world, if you're struggling in that, if you're struggling to believe, I'm going to tell you something. Turn to Jesus, right? Cast all your cares. Let me use some words of Peter here. Cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. And he cares for you where you are. He's not waiting for you to get all cleaned up and prettied up to talk to him. He wants to talk to you. He wants to listen to you right where you are. I, I, I don't know about you men. I don't know about you husbands. I don't know about you fathers. Um, I, I, don't know, I don't know how my mom did it. Because <laughs> I know me. And I know my knucklehead brothers. See, I was sandwiched between two knuckleheads. Now, if they got up here, they would say we were a knucklehead sandwich and the knucklehead was in between and we were just the crackers that held it all together, right? The, the graham crackers, the crust, whatever you call it. Yeah, we, had, we got our own ideas, but here's, here's the truth of the matter. The three of us, right, we made it very difficult for her to be a loving mom. I, I think about my wife in, in my house. Not only, not only does she have to you know, raise our children, she has to help raise me. Educate me, Right? Not just speak wisdom into the ch- my children's life. Not just speak encouragement and comforting. She does it to me. I, I, I look at, at my mom and I look at my wife and I think, how do they do that? And, and I know we're not supposed to compare and I try not to. But in my mind, I look at what they have done and what they are doing and what they will continue to do if it's the Lord's will. And, and, and it's just very easy for me to say this. I can't do that. Like I... I don't, I don't have that patience. I, I don't have that. And I just thank God. I thank God for moms today. I thank God for faithful moms who love Him, who have embraced His love for them, and they are just vessels of that love, just pouring it out. Not just in their house, but everywhere they go. I thank God for the moms in this church. There, there's some of them on the hostess team that take care of me all the time. I tell people all the time, if i got to brag on one of my ministry teams, it's going to be my hostess team. Because I walk in there and they feed me and they make sure I'm taken care of. And I walk out thinking, man, they are so good to me. If they just knew all the truth about me, they probably wouldn't do this, but... The fact is, they do know a lot of the truth about me, and they still take care of me. Moms, the, I, I just believe the only way you have done it, and if you're searching and you're going, how can I? I believe the only way you can do it is to rely on Jesus Christ. He is the demonstration of God's love for you in this, that while you were still a sinner, He died for you. 
And Jesus Christ said, come to me, right? Come to me with your weariness, right? What does he say? He says, come to me, all you who are weary, right? And he'll love you. So wherever you are, whatever level you see yourself on right now in this walk, this journey called life, I'm going to tell you, you're never too far from God's reach. You're never too far. God loves you. God has created you in His image, and He has breathed life into you, and He has given you a purpose, and He has given you an intentional plan, an intentional purpose for you to live out, and it's all for His glory. It's all for His honor. The question is, are you surrendered, and do you believe? That's really what it comes down to. Are you surrendered to Him, and do you believe Him? That's what it comes down to. I, I, I thank you. I can't say it enough. Happy Mother's Day. I can't say it enough. We love you and we are thankful for you. But I can say this. I'm going to pray for you today. I'm going to pray for you that if you are walking faithfully, you'll continue to walk faithfully. I'm going to pray for you that if you are struggling in your faithfulness to God, that you will just turn to Jesus and rely on His love to you so that it can move through you to whomever God has put in your path. Elizabeth was faithful. And because she was faithful, her world was changed. Our world was changed. I believe there's a lot of faithful ladies in this room. And our world is different because you have been faithful to God. You've embraced His love and you've been a vessel of His love. Thank you. And I believe our world can can use a whole lot more of it, don't you? So moms, be faithful. Rely on the love of Jesus Christ. He'll never let you down.